Let's have a word of prayer. Father, thank you for this morning and thank you for the opportunity to serve. Father, thank you for your love and your grace. And thank you that these things are temporary. But if we know you, we have eternal life. Father, I pray that to be true for these boys and girls over there. I pray that to be true for everybody sitting here. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, back in January 2015, I preached a message titled Exalted Among the Nations. It was about what I called the five must-haves to be a missions-minded church. Those five things, one was to have a global goal. Two was to go with a meaningful message. Three was to pray purposefully. Four was to give generously. And five is to send seriously. And as I prepared to report on this trip and the challenges that were along with it and then challenge us with God's word, I reflected on those must-haves and thought about them as our church. And I think we've done pretty well. And I'm proud of Fellowship Bible Church. But we can always grow in this area. We can grow in our desire to fulfill the Great Commission to go make disciples of all nations. So I still believe that the local church is vital in God's plan. It's the instrument that he is using at this time. So our mission's emphasis must be evangelism and church planning. That's the great thing about this trip, working with the pastor of that church, that anything that happened was be able to be followed up in discipleship and things like that. I want to share 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 to 21 that says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Some impactful verses as you really let that word soak in in what we're charged We're made new in Christ. We've been reconciled to God, and this is all from God. And he gave us a ministry, a ministry of reconciliation. He entrusted us with the message of reconciliation. God, through the work of Christ, made it possible for all men of all time to be reconciled and not be held accountable for their sin. 
So we are ambassadors for Christ. Through us, God makes an appeal to men. Now that doesn't mean that we need to go halfway around the world in order to do it. We're to be doing it everywhere, including halfway around the world. Well, the number of refugees that we encountered was immense. We were very limited on what we could do. We were a team of nine people. We were limited by the supplies that we had, the number of shoes that we had, the sizes of the shoes. But I believe we made a powerful impact. Because a powerful impact is when God changes one life. God forever changes that person's destiny. We could not minister to all the people or even all the kids. What made a difference was that we shared Christ and we prayed with each child. Some didn't speak enough English to understand what we were saying. And we would pray that somebody would come along to help them to understand. Others, they did understand. And when we had opportunity, we would try to make sure we shared. Never was it more evident to me the truth of that old saying, they don't care what you know until they know how much you care. And there was a story of one child I want to share that, to me, was so impactful. It, it really was probably the highlight of the trip for me, and it's a simple thing, but it was profound to me and what it meant to me. There was a little boy at one of the refugee camps, and what we did is, is there was multiple classes and buildings, and based on the size of shoes we had and asking the administration you know, what, where the small kids would be, we picked three classrooms. And we would go into those classrooms and we would size their feet with a device and put a band, an orange band on their hand uh, with a number of whatever size shoe they were going to get. So only the kids then with bands, when we would bring them out, would be able to get shoes. But there were thousands of kids. So inevitably, these kids knew what was going on. There would be some that would sneak in that line. You know, they didn't have bands, but they're going to try to get shoes. It's heartbreaking to turn them away. But we didn't have enough for everybody. So there were some teachers there that would be plucking these kids out of line, trying to keep everything organized for us. Well, there's this one little boy that I noticed. I was at this stage, the, the shoe runner, and the, the others were washing the feet, and I would be getting their shoe sizes. And uh, I saw him in line, probably, you know, six years old, standing there like that. It was so obvious. You knew there was nothing under that, that hand. There was no band there. And I was just waiting to see him get plucked out of line. And, you know, we caught eyes a couple of times. And my heart was really just tugged for him for some reason. And uh, there was enough other things going on that he got close to the front of the line. And then uh, a boy in front of him was called over to a, to a station. And he just followed, man. He just, whoof, his opportunity was there. And, and we set him up on this ledge. And so he just sat next to the boy who was getting shoes. And... So, all right, so I walk over to him and I grab his hand and I move his hand off of his wrist and he just looks at me so sad because he knows, busted. Well, we let him sit there and, and Grant, the, one of the young men, was sitting in front of him doing shoes and he just kind of looked at me and it's like, I can't not do this. And I'm like, you can't not do this. And, 
And the other lady sitting next to him says, just give him shoes. And uh, so I said, just do it. Just do it. Hoping that, you know, God's going to provide what we need. So anyway, they washed his feet too. But the little boy didn't get it. He, he knew that he was caught. And he thought, well, all right, well, I don't know what he thought, but they washed his feet. And he, I could tell he did not think he was getting shoes. Well, they brought a pair of shoes over. And he didn't still understand that these were going to be his. They actually literally had to put the shoes on his chest and take his arms and wrap his arms around the shoes and tell him he can leave with them. And when he understood that he got to have the shoes and he could leave with the shoes, beamed like unbelievable joy came across this kid. Oh, our hearts were so warm just to see that, right? Well, the profound thing for me with that was it was God's grace to me. I didn't deserve like he didn't deserve. He wasn't supposed to get shoes. I was supposed to go to hell for my sins. But God gave me Jesus and forgave my sins because of the blood of Christ. And I accepted that. But when I understood what that meant, when I truly understood what it meant that Christ died for my sins and made him Lord of my life, that's when my life changed. It is making him Lord, understanding what he did. And the more I thought of that, it was just such a picture to me of God's love to me. And that stayed with me. That was a special time for sure. Well, in January coming up, or the end of December, we're going to be sending a team to Nigeria to help the Jesserans. Uh, some of you know that. Maybe some of you, that's the first time you're hearing it. Um, currently, we have seven people signed up to go. And we have room for a couple more. So if you haven't heard about it and you might be interested in going, come talk to me. I'll fill you in on the details. I'm uh, very excited to get to go. It'll be a very different trip from this one, but uh, what a great opportunity to go and serve again. Um, and as I was thinking of that, I know my time is quickly ending, and I'm not going to get to all the points I wanted to do today, but that's okay. Um, I have five words of wisdom if you're thinking about a mission trip, because I want to encourage you today to actually think about that um, for some of the goals that we have uh, here. We joke a lot about Fellowship Bible Church should be called Flexible Bible Church with the different things going on. Flexibility is probably the key thing for a mission trip. So number one, I would say expect delays, cold showers, big bugs, power outages, unusual toilets, crazy traffic, and strange food. So you must be flexible and gracious. But you will come back with a renewed gratitude for your blessings at home. Number two, don't go with an attitude that you're going to change things or that you're going to make the difference or that you're going to educate these uneducated people. Go with a heart just to serve. Humble yourself. On this trip, I love the opportunity of washing feet. At that last place where I said we didn't have as many kids come, it gave us more opportunity one-on-one. Did I mention we were on the bus a lot? Well, I got a chance to talk to the bus driver and share Christ 
and then got him over and washed his feet and gave him a new pair of shoes. And he beamed just like that little six-year-old did. It was an amazing thing. His English wasn't very good. I'm not sure how much he understood, but I know a seed was planted. And, uh, and I'll trust God with where that leads. But he couldn't believe that a pastor would wash the bus driver's feet. You know, I'm just a guy. But it was a testimony to him. And I just pray that, uh, that he will come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Well, number three, don't promise what you can't deliver. For me over there, you wanted to do so much more than you could do. And, uh, and sometimes you just can't. And we need to pray for God's provision and wait on Him to provide. You know, I mentioned Pastor Solomon wanting to start the TV program. And the way it works over there is if, if he can get enough money to get on and then get watch, people watching, uh, the, I'll call it the NBC, pick you up. And if, if they pick you up, then it's kind of like if you were an NFL team, they pay you to be on TV. And then they sell the advertising to cover it. And then you're not just on TV in Uganda. You'd be on TV in all of Africa. And, uh, and his desire is to show the refugee camps and, and his church services and, and the school and everything that's going on and have the word preached clearly for people to know so that he can, he can really go against the, the Muslim influence. And uh, I'd love to just have jumped in and given him everything that we could. But, you know, I can't do that. But I can see where God will lead and what he will do. So don't promise what you can't deliver. Number four, if you are going to work with somebody, you've got to make sure that they're vetted. Unfortunately, there is a lot of corruption that exists in those places. They're looking for ways to get money, especially from Americans. So we obviously there had the contact of Pastor Solomon and any other people would be vetted through him. Simon, the pastor that moved his family to the slums, was vetted through Pastor Solomon before we ever went there. So uh, they have to be checked. But number five, expect that God will grow you through it. But don't predetermine how you will grow. God will surprise you. Well, I truly intended to share from 1 John chapter 4 today, 7 through 12, about God's love. And John gives us these tests of our, of our faith. Um, and one of the tests is that we will love one another. Uh, that's a command. That's, that's an expectation. If we're saved, if we're Christians, there should be a love for one another. And that's for us, each other, and that's for other people around the world. And our love for others needs to grow. And um, as, as a church that's mission-minded... One of the things that uh, I got to dump a bunch of stuff. Sorry. One of the things that I had in mind as I tried to evaluate those things is seven things that I want to see here at Fellowship Bible Church, and most are happening. Uh, just to report, a missions committee that is passionate for world missions. Uh, we have a missions committee. We have an opening for a few other people to join. If you'd be interested in, in joining the missions committee, talk to me about that. Um, but we have a, that global mindset, that goal. Um, 
I want to have an annual missions emphasis to make sure that at least once a year we're doing something. Of course, we have the, the annual conference and we do some other things as well. Uh, three, to have our missionaries come be with us, to hear from our missionaries so that uh, we can get connected with them in a real way. And we might even do more with Skype stuff to be connected with some of our missionaries. It's also important for me, number four, to see our youth involved in our missions program. And I think Pastor Mark is doing a great job with that as well. And then I want us to send more short-term teams out because I would like to see us be that sending church. And by having opportunities to go on short-term missions is where you can really see if God's calling you in that way, drawing you to that. And it's a great experience that God will grow you through whether he's calling you regardless. So you're, you'll see more things of short-term opportunities coming up. And then um, once you go to report back like this, just to share so that people can get um, the idea of what's out there and maybe even more so want to go themselves and opportunity to give generously that way. And, uh, and then to be ascending church for career missionaries. Uh, I'd love to see people raised up here that go to the field as a career and uh, are ministering that way. And um, so I want us to be a church that sends seriously. Those are my goals uh, for the church. I know that uh, I didn't get into as much scripture today as I wanted. I'll leave that with the Lord. Um, I want to remind you of the prayer time tonight for our missionaries. Um, thank you for enduring my pictures, and hopefully in some way God has tugged at your heart uh, through them. Um, and know that God's grace is sufficient. You know, even for those boys and girls over there, His grace is sufficient. And we need to just trust in the Lord. And, uh, but we need to be active in doing our part and loving one another. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your opportunities that you present. Lord, help us to be obedient to your direction and your call in our life. Father, we make our plans. Help us to allow you to direct our steps. Father, we just commit this morning into your hands and, and what it means. If you're pulling on somebody about missions, I just pray that uh, they'll be obedient to you. If there's some with questions, that we would be able to answer them. And Father, most importantly, that everybody here knows that Jesus Christ died on the cross, spilt his blood, the perfect sacrifice, so that we don't have to pay the price for our sins and that we would accept that truth and make you Lord of our lives and follow you with everything that we have. Thank you for your goodness. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.